This is us. Say that with me. This is us. We're in a series thinking about who we are, discovering our identity. And we've been blessed with a wonderful team here at Cathedral of Faith. I'm so grateful for the team that God has put together. And if you haven't had a chance to meet Pastor John Mendez and his wonderful wife, Mary Jane, they are two of the most amazing people you will ever meet. Now, Pastor John is, is not only recognized in his ministry here at the church, but he's a, a national leader and an international leader, and I'm so blessed to have him and his wife on the team. They've been with us about a year here at the Cathedral of Faith, and they're in charge of our Spanish campus ministry, and he's coming to bring the word today about the issue of identity, and I want you to give Pastor John a great big welcome as he brings the word, Pastor Hi. John Mendez. Hey. Thank you, Pastor Ken. Wow, what a pleasure to be here uh, in the English service. I'm here every Sunday in the Spanish service, um, and such a blessing to be a part of just an amazing ministry called Cathedral of Faith. Um, I want to introduce my wife to you. This is Mary Jane. Will you give her uh, a welcome today as well? On the 7th of October, we'll be celebrating 40 years of marriage, and um, our marriage started actually at Cathedral of Faith. It used to be called Faith Temple over there on San Pedro Street. That's where we got married. Uh, and it's really funny because 40 years later, we kind of make full circle. God brought us back over here to San Jose, and so we're so thankful uh, to be a part of this vision, especially... Um, you know, week in and week out, we, we, get, we are so blessed to get the Word of God from not just an amazing church, but an amazing pastor. I, I am so blessed to work under Pastor Ken. God bless you. Every week, I'm just, just uh, so touched by the revelation that is brought um, to us on a weekly basis. And um, I'll get into that in a minute. But in case you know someone who prefers to worship the Lord in Spanish, tell them about our 2 o'clock service. As you leave today, there will be someone in a kiosk out in the back giving you information on, on our services. We um, were able to reach uh, 300 uh, this year, so praise the Lord that there's uh, 300 folks coming together every 2, every, uh, two o'clock in, in, on Sundays. And uh, we have a great um, youth ministry and children's ministry as well. This coming Saturday, we have a conference for women as well, this is Hispanic women, uh, everything in Spanish. So let me say that in Spanish, if you give me a moment. Si usted conoce a alguien que prefiere alabar a Dios en español, la lengua angelical, okay? Venga a las dos de la tarde. Looks like everybody understood that, huh? Okay. Uh, uh, venga a las dos de la tarde. Tenemos un servicio totalmente en español. Para más información, está alguien allá atrás en el kiosk uh, para darle más información. Okay, just give it up for the Lord right now, okay? Amen. So about eight weeks ago, I called Pastor Ken and I was telling him that of what the Lord is laying on my heart to speak on this Sunday. And ironically... The Lord had led him to speak on This Is Us, a theme, This Is Us, dealing with identity. Um, that just, there's, every week it seems like there's something that just impresses me so much about our church. And, and this just 
I, I could see where it was a spirit-led thing of what God was dealing with our church. Um, I, I, I am so blessed of how pastor is able to frame this social ill of identity crisis with, uh, with the answers from the Word of God. And, you know, so in, in, in an era in which it seems like a lot of the churches are losing the, the truth, are losing the, um, uh, the importance of the Word of God, I thank God for a church, a pastor, who takes the Word of God and brings it to reality, applies it to things that we are dealing with. In actuality, when a culture is in identity crisis, when a nation is in identity crisis, its citizens will likewise be in a crisis of identity. When your marriage is in an identity crisis, your children will also have a crisis of identity. When the husband doesn't know it's his role or the wife or the parents don't know their role, the kids won't know their role as well. And it's something that just snowballs, that eventually impacts everyone. Um, so I want to talk to you a little bit of identity. You guys ready? So I, I, if you can imagine me having like a, uh, a pouch like David had when he went to go fight Goliath and he had these battle stones in his, in his pouch, I want to give you battle stones for identity today. Are you with me? Okay, at least this section is with me, okay? All right. So, battle stones for your identity. Uh, one of the things, the first battle stone I want to share with you today is that your, your identity, our identity, is established in heavenly realms. It's not by when they gave us our name when we were born, you know, on your birth certificate, or your driver's license, or your passport. That's something that was established here on this earth. But the scripture reveals to us that before we were formed in our mother's womb, the word is before, somebody say before with me, that, that's a key word, before we were formed, God already knew us. That's talking about an eternity, not the eternity that's to come, but an eternity that happened before this world was created. It's called the first eternity, that's what some theologians call it. So there's a space of time in which all these souls and spirits exist that God already knows. It's hard to define. It's hard for us to imagine. But this is the awesomeness of our God, that before you were even born, God already knew us. Isn't that amazing? In other words, there was an identity that God established in our lives, established to our lives, before we were born. Before we were called John, Mary, or whatever your name is, before we were given that name, God already had an identity for us. Actually, when we were still being formed within the womb of our mother, God already had an identity for us. This identity in the heavenly realms is something that starts from the, from the first eternity and goes all the way to the last eternity. And the last eternity, the scripture reveals that God has a name for us that only he knows. I believe it's that first identity that God established in our lives. Now, the problem isn't the first eternity and last eternity. The problem is what happens here on earth. That's where we lose our identity. That's where the, the struggle begins for our identity. Because there's the human spirit, the evil spirit, and God's spirit that that govern this earth, that govern this life. And sometimes it's our own human spirit that struggles to identify ourselves. 
The enemy always goes into strife and trying to steal what God has established in our lives and put his own identity on us. God never fights us for our identity because he already knows us. Can I hear an amen? amen? He already knows who we are. The struggle is not in so much God with us, but it's us with God in trying to identify ourselves by the terms of God. So all of a sudden, the struggle begins. You know, and it, I heard a saying some time ago. I don't know exactly who I heard it, but it, it kind of reveals as to what the struggle is. It goes like this. If you read it up on, it says, Satan knows your name, but calls you by your sin. God knows your sin, but he calls you by your name. Can you hear it? Can I hear a really good amen there, okay? All of us have sinned, but God doesn't look at that name or that sin, but he looks at the name, that identity that he has established in your life. And the struggle just continues day in and day out. The enemy trying to rob us from the identity that God has placed in our lives. The best way that I can share it with you is what happened in my life. And it kind of leads me to the second thing that I want to share with you, the second stone. Now, I want to talk to you about this battle stone of identity theft. I'm not talking about your social security being stolen or your credit cards being stolen. I want to talk to you about that identity that God has established in that first eternity in your life that the enemy tries to steal from you. So I, um, I, I was born and I was raised on the onset of the civil rights movement in our country. I know you're looking at me like, he's not that old, is he? <laughs> no, I just, you know, look younger. You were supposed to say amen, not laugh. Okay, thank you, all right? So the first few years when I went to elementary school, I went to a seg segregated school. What does that mean? That means that in our little town that we were raised, there was a school for all the white children and a school for all the black children. There was a third school for all the children in between. They weren't white, they weren't black, they were like, you know, tannish, yellowish. Brownish color, you know. In that school, it was all the Native Americans, Asian, Hispanic kids, okay? Anyone that fit, fit within that category. So in this little town that I was raised in, um, I, I knew I was American because I'm, I'm part Native American. I knew I was born in America. I knew that I was quote-unquote American, but it was really hard in that environment to feel American, because as I was walking down a sidewalk, we were told, we were instructed, this is how we lived, that if a white person was walking down that same sidewalk, I needed to get off the sidewalk and let them go through. I couldn't go through just any door. I had to look for the door that said colored because I was not white. I wasn't black either, so sometimes, you know, depending on who it was, they kind of didn't see me all white or didn't see me all black, and they kind of would just like say, okay, you can come in, okay? But uh, I remember one time I was getting my hair cut, and, you know, because a white person came in, I had to step down and let the white person get his hair cut. Once he was finished, then I had to get up. So I didn't feel all that American. Am I making sense? Okay? On top of that, as I was growing up, we were Pentecostal. We weren't mainline like, you know, Methodist, Baptist, Nazarene. We were Pentecostal. And Pentecostals were like, you know, these people who shouted hallelujah. They jumped up and down. They, you know, sang really loud. They spoke in tongues. They prayed for the sick and stuff like that, you know. All right. So it looks like I 
There's a few of you who understand what I'm talking about, okay? But we weren't really accepted back then. It was like, you know, we were kind of strange. To make things even worse, my dad was the pastor. <laughs> and our church wasn't a very uh, affluent church. Our church was on the other side of the tracks. It was an old abandoned army barrack. Actually, my dad used to preach behind a cotton bale, okay? And, and so then, you know, it was hard to fit in because of all these things happening within my, my environment. And I struggled with being, being able to find an identity. I wanted to be like everybody else. So, you know, I, I got into this rebellious state in my life. And I tried to establish an identity within sports. That didn't go too well. Uh, I tried to establish my identity with gangs. That didn't result very good either. Uh, I got into drugs. That made matters even worse, okay? Uh, I, I mean, I, I, was, I was struggling not so much with the identity that I found in my life, but I was really fighting the identity that God was trying to establish in my life. Because God doesn't make a mistake. I'll say it again. God doesn't make a mistake. I mean, you know, no matter what color skin you have, God did make a mistake in your life. No matter what parents you've had, God did not make a mistake in our lives. The problem is that we think it's a mistake. Okay? But God doesn't make a mistake. God's work is perfect. So as I was struggling with this, I became a victim of identity theft. The enemy literally stole the identity that God wanted to establish in my life. Does that make sense? And there's some folks here today who, you're victims of identity theft. You think you're a loser? You're not a loser. Even if your marriage failed, you're not a failure. No, no, God is with you. No matter what mistakes you've made in life, no matter what hurts have happened in your life, no matter who has neglected you, lied to you, used you, abused you, you're beyond that. God is wanting to restore his identity with you so that you can see who you are in Christ. Hallelujah. Have you ever seen a lion out in the wild? They're majestic, aren't they? They're powerful. But you've never seen a documentary that has a confused lion. <laughs> you know, a lion kind of like wondering whether it's a lion or not. Should I roar? Should I not roar? You, you never see a documentary of a lion going up to a deer and saying, uh, excuse me, um, I'm hungry. And I think I'm supposed to hunt you down, run you down, kill you, eat you, you know. But I really don't know if I should do that or not. You never see that because, you see, they're within their God-given instincts. Their natural instincts. The only time that you find animals living outside of those God-given instincts is when they're in zoos. It's when they're caged. It's when they're behind bars. This is what sin does to you. It's the same thing. 
When you are taken out of the element that God has designed for you, the identity that God has for you, sin comes in and he robs you of all of that. He steals that from you. And all of a sudden you begin to see the negative in your life instead of the positive. You begin to see all the wrong in your life instead of all the right. We, we begin to expound the things that we have made mistakes rather than the accomplishments that we've been able to have in life. And the enemy begins to attach names to us. Attach hurts to us, failures to us. Before we know it, we end up confused. We end up not knowing who we are because all we see is the environment that the sin has, that sin has brought us into. Am I making sense today? Yeah. God is here to scream into your life saying, you are not who people say you are. You've got to look at the identity that I have for you. I will reveal that to you in a moment, okay, of what God wants to show us of who we are in Christ. Somebody give the Lord a clap offering today. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm writing this book called Traps. And what I've done is that I've, um, I've studied traps from all over the world. Let me share one with you. This is a trap that is used in Thailand. And... Um, which has the largest population of wild elephants. They're very beautiful, very powerful, majestic animals. What the Thai do is that they get about eight to ten men with these large, huge bamboo sticks. They tie this metal bell at the very tip of the, of the bamboo stick, um, and they go out looking for their victim. When they find their victim, they surround it. And... Um, be, one part of the, of the men begin to hit the elephant on one side, and the elephant will turn around. Now, elephants can't turn around real quickly, so when they move around, the other guys on the other side begin to hit it as well. And they confuse the elephant, because they're surrounded by all these people, all these men who are hitting on it. And um, this process goes on for hours, if not days. And they literally tire the elephant to the degree that the elephant can't defend itself anymore. anymore. Instead of moving, trying to defend itself, um, it just sways back and forth. And as it's swaying back and forth, when they see that taking place, they hit it even harder. A guy, one of the guys, sneaks up and ties a chain around one of his feet. And um, see, the, the, the real purpose is to take this elephant and, and, and master it to where it works for them, especially in, in dragging out trees from their forest. That's what they want to do. They want to master over it. So they tie this chain around it, and the chain has these sharp metal pieces that will dig into the skin of the foot of the elephant. And they anchor the chain to a tree. So when the elephant tries to get away, the, the, the pieces of chain dig into the leg of the elephant. They'll kind of let up a little bit and... The elephant tries to get away, but the chain holds it back and digs, the metal pieces dig into its leg, and they hit it even harder. When they're able to break its will, when they are able to have it give itself in, then they know they have mastered over the elephant. Anytime the elephant tries to get away, uh, they have it tied down with just a simple rope to a stake. And the elephant can get away, but because it feels that, that sensation, it remembers all the hitting that it had, that it got. It remembers the pain that it received when it tried to pull away. And, 
in actuality, that's what sent us to your life. When you're not living within the identity that God has established in your life, you begin to hear the voices of what calls out the wrong in you instead of the right in you. And you begin to give in to whatever the world has told you you are rather than listening to the word of God. Oh, but thank God for Jesus Christ. I said, thank God for Jesus Christ. Because when you come into Jesus, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it says, when someone becomes a Christian, he becomes a brand new person inside. He is not the same anymore. A new life has begun. Now, I want to remind you, you are in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. And this leads me on to the third battlestone, which is identity recovered. It's kind of like, you know, when they've stolen your identity and they say, okay, we cleared your name now. It's kind of like when you, you're able to tap into how God sees you and not in so much how the world sees you. Does that make sense? You're no longer defined by what you drive, but what drives you. Hello? You're no longer defined by what you have in your wallet, but what you have in your heart. You're no longer defined by whether you're a 49er or a Raider fan. (laughs) But you're a Father, Son, and Holy Ghost fan. (laughs) Hallelujah. You don't worry about the fact that the Warriors lost last time. They'll win tonight, okay? Come on, you got to say amen, all right? You know the fact that it doesn't matter what team loses, your team has already won. His team, the team is the team of Jesus Christ. So I want to talk to you about a guy who had his identity recovered. His name is Tola. Now, I don't know if you heard, I know you have heard about Jabez, but let me talk to you about this guy named Tola. Say Tola with me. Okay, Tola is a weird name, okay? His, name, his story is found in 1 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 2. And it reads like this, okay? And the sons of Tola, it begins to list the names, are Uzi, uh, Rephaiah, Jeriel, Jamai, Jibsam. It kind of sounds like a basketball team, doesn't it? And, and Shemuel, heads of their fathers, to wit of Tola. In other words, they belong to him. Look at this. They were valiant men of might in their generation, whose number was in the days of David two and 20,000, in other words, 22,600 men. That was his descendants. These were his grandkids, okay? He had this many kids and he wasn't even Latino, okay? (laughs) 22,600 grandkids. They were a mighty army. Okay, you're saying like, Pastor John, big deal. What does that mean? Okay, listen to this. Okay, Tola in the ancient Hebrew means worm. Worm. Have you ever heard some weird names, you know, of people? Uh, My wife hates it when I do this, okay? When we go go out to eat pizza, and, you know, they always ask you, what's your name? Okay, I always tell them something like, Juan Oe de la Pitas Menchaca Mendes. And they look at me like, what? How do you spell that? When they give me that confused look, I say, oh, you can call me John for short. <laughs> Anyhow, Tola, uh, you know, it sounds okay in our language, 
But the ancient Hebrew, it meant worm. And you wonder, what was mom and dad thinking when they named their son Worm? Can you imagine the kind of life this kid had? Okay, all his friends are saying, here comes the worm, here comes the worm. You know, when they're picking teams, you want the worm? No, I don't want the worm, you get the worm. <laughs> kind of teasing him, hey, look out, don't step on the worm. Can you imagine this guy trying to pick up on somebody, you know, like, hey, hey you want to go out with me? Hey, you're going out with the worm, look at you. <laughs> Asking a girl to marry him, hey, come on, let's get married, we'll have a bunch of little worms. The guy had all kinds of things working against him because this is what life had dished out to him. This is what he had gotten in life. But Tola, somebody say Tola with me, did not allow for the world, for this life to define him. Somehow he tapped into what the identity that God had given him. And when he found that identity, this guy's descendants become 22,600 valiant men. To the degree that his name, Worm, was listed in the Bible. Wow. This guy was onto something. Am I making sense here today? There are people today here that need to understand this. Because, listen to this, okay? When you allow things to change your name... You allow things to change your destiny. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I love being Hispanic. We got lead pipes, man. We can eat just about anything. Yeah, when our potlucks, we have chow mein, lasagna, and chili on top of everything, okay? But I'm not Hispanic. I'm a child of God. I'm not from California. No, I belong to the kingdom. I'm not Democrat. I'm not Republican. No, 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 no. I'm a child of the king. Somebody listening to me today? There's folks here today who have allowed this world to define who they are. And so they, they question whether they're this kind of fan or that kind of fan or from this part of the country or that part of the country or this kind of skin color or other. You need to see the fact that you are greater than that. You're a child of the Almighty God. You're a creation of the Almighty Creator. That's your identity. Yeah, because all of a sudden you become a Tola within your life. You become mighty within your life. You become the identity that God has seen within you. You're not afraid of running from, from anything. Instead, you stand your ground and saying, this is who I am. As a matter of fact, let me share this with you. When you know who you are in the battle of life, you don't have to have the mindset of there's a giant after me. Instead, I have a battle stone looking for a giant. <laughs> Hallelujah. My battle stone, my battle stone is who I am in Christ Jesus, and he'd better be afraid, because I represent not so much my skin color, or that I'm from California, or a U.S. citizen, I represent Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, hallelujah, come on, somebody give it up for the Lord. What have you allowed to define your life? What is it that, that takes that, that rule over your life 
that defines who you are. I choose to have the word of God define who I am. I'll say that again. I choose to have the word of God define who I am. And that's the last battle stone that I want to share with you today. Okay? Because you see, you can either have excuses rule your life, or you can say, I will excel in life. Why do I say that? Because excuses and excel both start with E-X-C. But it all depends how you def- end up defining your life. I want to not live by excuses. Oh, well, because I was born, you know, Hispanic, or on that side of the, ro- of, of, of the town, or I was, I, I was this kind of life, you know. No, 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 no. Either excuses are going to define me, or I'm going to excel from where, whatever life has dished out on me. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, in your bulletin is an insert. It's the uh, notes that I have for you today. And I want to bring your attention to a list of things that I have shared with you today. It's names that are in the Bible that Christians are called. Now, it's not the entire list, but it's, it's part of the list of what I want to share with you today. For you techie guys, you know, it's kind of like you're going to get reprogrammed right now. Okay? You are about to be upgraded. Okay, your hard disk is about to be erased and rewritten by the Holy Spirit. Can I hear an amen? Amen. You're about to get the latest version of what the Holy Spirit wants to speak into your life. For you to understand that it isn't that past that defines you or whatever the world has dished out to you, but it's the Word of God. See, the Scripture says that without faith it's impossible to please God. But it's through the hearing of the Word of God that we get faith. That's why you've got to continue to come to Cathedral of Faith because they will preach the word to you here. You've got to get involved in a small group. Yeah, you've got to get involved in a small group. You've got to come on Wednesday nights and listen to Pastor Mike. Yeah, I mean, you know what? Sunday after Sunday, I ha- I, I, when I'm not here, I, I look him up right away. I want to hear what Pastor Ken has to speak into my life. And I tell you, every single time that I hear him, God speaks into my life. His word. Come on, give it up for Cathedral of Faith. Hallelujah. Now, Brother Cedric is going to come up. He's going to sing a song to you to reveal a lot of what this says. But before he does, I want to share it with you. You want to dig it out? This is what I was speaking to your life. I want to erase whatever you have been brought into, you know? I want to erase the fact that you came into Chevy or Ford or BMW or Mercedes. I want to erase the fact that you have Nikes or Adidas. It doesn't matter. Right now, the Word of God is about to label you. Are you ready to hear it? Okay, this is who I am in Christ. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of the promise. I'm a child of the kingdom of God. I'm a child of Zion. I'm a child of light. I'm a receiver of his blessings, a conceiver of his promises. I'm a chosen vessel, a disciple of Jesus Christ. I'm elected by God. I'm a fellow citizen of the kingdom of God. I'm a friend of God. Can someone say amen? I'm an heir of the kingdom, an heir of promise, an heir of salvation. I'm a member of the holy nation, a member of a chosen generation. I'm a member of a holy priesthood. I have been chosen to be called praise. I'm a peculiar treasure, a lively stone. I am loved by the Father, accompanied by the Son, and empowered by the Holy Spirit. 
Hallelujah. This is who I am. Hallelujah. 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 And so one day, Cedric, I put a gun to my mouth because I hated who I was. A life of regrets, a life of failures. But as soon as I tapped into the identity, somebody say identity with me, of how God saw me, everything changed. Come on, give it up for Jesus. Hallelujah.
with me please wow would you let pastor john know how much you appreciated that word what a great word i know who i am say that with me i know who i am i encourage you as a takeaway from this weekend take this piece of paper and well when you start the day look in the mirror and just begin to read you know the word of god what God says about you and go through the day lean into that because I am who God says I am and if I know who I am I'll know what to do amen, amen. I am who God says I am say that with me I am who God says I am